You're listening to the Glass City Church Podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Glass City Church Podcast. This is intern Justin Shirley here across the desk from Jeff Lavalette. Jeff, how are you doing tonight? Choo-choo, buddy. Choo-choo. Is that a train? or it's, This train's rolling, buddy. Is that like dentures? That's No. Like chew? No. Like no? Okay, no. great. <laughs> no. So, Jeff, uh, <laughs> it wanted to talk a little bit today uh, about some controversial statements that were made from John MacArthur in a conference that they were at called Truth Matters in Sun Valley at Grace to You or sorry Grace Community Church. Yeah, back on Friday, um, I think it was the 18th. Yeah, and yeah. so um, there some backlash that was uh, kind of widespread, and it's kind of developing as people more and more people are seeing it. Um, mm-hmm. And on a at a panel, John MacArthur was asked uh, some gut reactions on. I think it was two words or one word. Yeah, it's like a, um, it's like a tradition that they do every year, I believe, where it's like, yeah. hey, give me your knee-jerk reaction, and I'm going to throw out a word, and you just tell me the first thing that comes to mind, which yeah. is exactly what the Bible teaches that we should do, is just knee-jerk react to things, right? And, you yeah. know, be, no, be, being, be, yeah. be, be slow to listen, quick to speak, um, slow to, yeah. 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 And so so the this event occurred, and it continued, and... Um, the, the question came to, and Todd Freer was moderating the guy that does wretched radio was moderating and Beth Moore came up in subject and someone threw out just the name Beth Moore. Yeah. And so he, MacArthur in a statement said, um, not a statement and just a knee jerk reaction, uh, I believe said the first thing he said was go home. Yeah. Uh, And I didn't know she was there. Um, and so if you didn't know, there's been some controversy with Beth Moore um, as a um, in the in the SBC of her trying to to preach um, and allowing uh, and desiring women to preach and kind of the understandings historically and also scripturally um, on on those roles. And well, and the SBC is traditionally um, complementarian. Mm-hmm. And so um, and, and, you know, I mean, we're not going to get into the minutiae of it. But, yeah, I mean, there's there's been some concern that that. Um, she she was trying she's a atten- and we don't we're, we're not here to agree with Beth Moore um we're not here to agree with John MacArthur we're here to agree with the bible you know we're here to agree with Jesus right yeah is that is, are you are you cool with that i'm cool with that yeah and so this is in no way shape or form um you know endorsing either of those guys we endorse Jesus we endorse the bible yeah we're a complementarian church Absolutely. you know we 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 follow uh scripture on that Mm-hmm. And uh, but that being said, you know, as as you were saying, I just want to get that out of the way so that we don't have any you know kind of questions flying out there like, oh my gosh, they're going to let dogs preach or you know they're going to you know baptize leprechauns or something like that. Like yeah. just just getting that out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Save your save your emails. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so there was some, and this is coming from a lot of different people, people who are more. Um, liberal uh and people who are also more conservative when it comes to the scriptures and the scriptures authority um and this is something that has been developing for a few months now and really wanted just to talk about that um there has been uh amongst other things that comment of go home and then there's another person i think it was phil johnson who mentioned uh beth moore hawking jewelry um there were just some statements and comments that were made that weren't very charitable uh, to Beth Moore, even if we did disagree um, and did have different uh, interpretations. There was yeah, 
You guys are talking about Hillary Clinton, you know, and I say that as somebody who would be very diametrically opposed to, you know, kind of the mindset going on at that conference. Um, So even if it was that much of a divergence from what they believe, the way that they spoke was just terrible. Yeah. And unlike unlike other conservatives, so like Al Mohler spoke on the topic um, and very, very charitable, but very, very clear that he, based on the complementarian um, ideals, uh, that it women are not to to or women are to have a different function than men in in the body. And he was very clear on that, but he was very, very charitable. Um, That was not the case in. No. And these comments that were made. Um, and so really wanted to just to talk about that. And in all of that, what can we we learn from these comments um, that are, again, they're they're receiving a lot of criticism. And also some people are praising them for standing on the truth. Right. Um, but what can we what can we learn? As if that's the only thing we're called to do. Yeah. Um, what can we learn? Good or bad. Well, I mean, or first, both. first of all, I mean, there's e- even even their position, like um, it, they, they did not do a very good, they didn't do any any sort of attempt to even um, explain why why you know why did he say go home you know like he was he was, this was all um, I mean it sounded sexist to me and I don't I don't I don't throw that word around because um, there's plenty of other people who do but like saying just because you can hawk jewelry on the QVC. You know, that doesn't mean you should be teaching the Bible like that. that there's no place in 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 the church for that. I don't yeah. think there's any place in, in the world for that. But especially uh, we're called to a higher standard. Absolutely. And, and that was especially those who are in a leadership position. Well, not in, not just a leadership position in his church, but but, you know, people all over this country. Like John MacArthur is a name that is polarizing. Yeah. Uh, but for a lot of people, that's like, oh, man, he's great. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I'm not going to say that, you know, I'm not going to give you my opinion of him as a person, but I think that his, his, you know, his, the example he set was, was, was a dangerous example to set. Yeah. And I know I've done that too. I've done things before that I wish I could take back. And I hope that that's his position where he's like, oh man, looking back on that, I really should have done that differently. And and I, I don't assume that that's not his position. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear him, uh, kind of, kind of, you know, repent of that because that was just really, uh, it wasn't helpful, and and it's not like the church needs any any more you know um, negative stuff going on. Yeah, you know we've already got the world, the flesh, and the devil against us. Why are we going to be against each other? So that's just kind of goofy to me. Um, but I, I I mean I disagree with with even the what he said and the way he said it. Um, in in that you would ever tell anyone, especially you know saying things that sound like they're slanted and denigrating women. I, I don't yeah. I don't like that at all. Even even if your position on you know, ecclesiology um, says that men and women have different roles, which, I mean, the Bible does. I mean, I, I, I'll try as hard as I can. I can't get pregnant, you know, like I'm not going to I'm not going to hold that against uh, the ladies. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, the main the main point here, too, um, is is, you know, when we're looking at because really the, the, the thing the, the problem is the way that he treated somebody. Yeah. And the way he disagreed with somebody in a disagreeable way, we can disagree in, a, in an agreeable way. Absolutely. Where, you know, that, that's that's kind of, you know, a lot of times it's like, well, if you don't agree with me, then then you must hate me. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of the, this, now we're seeing this playing out, you know, where, where he's disagreeing with her and acting in a in a very non-loving way. We'll put it that way. Um, and there's there's open hand and closed hand issues in the church, you know, and that's okay. You know, there's, you know, there's, a, there's an old uh, kind of credo, it's, you know, in... In, uh, in in essentials, um, 
Where's it at? Yeah, in essentials, unity, and non-essentials, liberty, and all things charity. I think that's good. I mean, you got to have your open-handed, closed-hand issues, your essentials, the divinity of Christ, you know, the trinity, the inerrancy, inspiration, sufficiency, timelessness, and timeliness of the Bible, you know, that it still applies today, and it applied back then. Yeah. Um, you know, the exclusivity and necessity of Christ for salvation, you know, the second coming of Christ, the resurrection after he died, you know, the the substitutionary atonement. Um, I'm not, this isn't an exhaustive list, but then you've got these non-essentials, which we, for some reason, haven't figured out that if if people don't agree with us, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad people. But you've got, you know, the ecclesiology, the church leadership and government, you know, are you elder-led or are you non-elder-led? There's Christians who go both ways. You know, complementarianism versus egalitarianism, the roles of men and women in church leadership. Spiritual gifting, we've got the cessationists. Johnny Mack will talk about that all day long. Uh, versus the continuationist. We've got Christian liberty views on alcohol, tobacco, naughty words. We've got eschatological views, which is like the end times. We've got, um, you know, if you're a Calvinist, you're Arminian, you're clueless, whatever. Um, baptism, methods of evangelism, these are all secondary issues. Um, because they do not... Um, they are not like it's, it's not an issue of salvation at that point. It's an issue of interpretation, or it's an issue of practice, or it's an issue of tradition. Um, and and you know, there are people who love Jesus who fall on either side of those. Hmm. You know, um, and so what what can we learn from this situation? I think that this has given us a very um, clear um, example of how not to disagree with someone. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we, we're called to be countercultural, and yet this is just like the culture. This is just like when you watch the news or when you read Facebook debates or when you watch, you know, different different people arguing. And it's just like, man, we're just acting—I mean, for as much as—I've heard John MacArthur talk about not letting the culture inform us. The culture totally informed the way that he responded to Beth Moore. Yeah. And that's that's sad. And, I, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying that he— isn't going to repent of that or that he's just, you know, doubling down. I, I don't know. I don't know the guy. Um, but I think it's important that we talk about it because I don't want this to be the way that the world views the church and how we treat each other. Jesus said, they'll know you are Christians by your love. Yeah. I did not see any love when I watched that YouTube clip. Yeah. Um, in fact, I saw the opposite of it, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. And so what can we learn from this? Well, when should we correct error? Because the answer is not to never address error. Yeah, You know, it's like in 1 Corinthians uh, where Paul is like, hey, you guys are really blowing it with the spiritual gifts. His answer wasn't, well, we'll just we'll cease them to, to be used. His answer was, let's reform this. Like, let, let's actually do this according to the way that it's supposed to be done. And so I think it's good to talk about how we correct error, you know. I mean, do we think we're called to and responsible for making sure every person always says everything exactly right? Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think—I think that we need to keep a close watch on ourselves. And then when we see things like this that are clearly in need of uh, being addressed for the for the sake of the way that the world views the church, then I think we do need to. But uh, I'm not I'm not calling him up and being like, "Hey, man, I'm going to give you my 20 points on what you did wrong." But this is just not the way we're called to be. Um, what's the criteria we should use uh, when when deciding how to appropriately address error? You know, those are things to be considered, not just have a, a knee-jerk reaction or just, you know, bloviate all over social media. Yeah. Um, the the question that really kind of gets me a lot is, am I willing to receive correction as much as I'm willing to give correction? Yeah. That's a that's a big deal. That's an issue of humility versus pride. Yeah. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, the am I willing to be wrong yeah. is another question that, like, 
that's a thing that's I think is important. Am, am I willing to be wrong? And am I willing to? I'm not saying that. Again, I don't think that John MacArthur um, and and what he said was wrong, so much as how he said it was wrong. Um, as a complementarian, I, I think that he was. Um, I think that there are specific roles for men. And you women. you disagreed more with his method than his message. Yes. Okay, and that's so fine. much so. Like it was. It it felt like, um, it felt like kind of behind the scenes. Like I didn't think the video would, like that video didn't seem like it was supposed to come out. No, because um, it wasn't a video. It was a it was a, a voice recording. Yeah, that like, was like had like a screenshot or something like that. Yeah, and it just it just felt very. I don't know if this is the right word, but cheap. Like it just felt like they were kind of all slapping each other on the back and yeah. like, um, it just felt very. And don't get me wrong, I, I don't know. It just it didn't feel very Christ-like. It didn't feel very loving. It didn't feel like, hey, let's let's have a discussion about this and and kind of nail down why we think and why we believe what we believe. It was a, this is my gut reaction, which is even a bad question. It's, like, it's, that's it's a, a hor- it's a horrible tradition that they do. It's a bad question. Yeah. It I think leaves room for people to be wounded, and I think it leaves room for questions, even more so. Uh, on the other side of okay, how is this biblical? Yeah, how is it biblical just to kind of say whatever comes to your mind? Yeah, and to speak flippantly. Nope, uh, because it's what I think happened. I think I feel like Proverbs would probably uh, have something to say about that. Here's my biggest thing: is I try to you know whenever whenever something like this happens, or I have to think about how I'm going to address someone who is in error. I try to think you know if it's if it's a if it's a guy you know how would I do this if this was my actual brother? Yeah, because he is. Yeah, you know, or and that's how what is I this, think is missing. What am I going to do if this is my sister? Like, like John MacArthur was talking about our sister. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, and John that, MacArthur's our brother. And it, it was our brother just slamming our sister, and that's just like I'm, I'm just not okay with that. I don't even I don't care if she was saying that you know the Bible was written um, on the moon by a bunch of polar bears. Like you still don't talk about your sister like that yeah. in in that way with that tone and those words, and then making other connections, analogies that are just. I mean, nothing about this was helpful. Yeah. No, and I, and I think it was, again, you're talking about people will know that we're Christians by our love. Yeah. Um, it it seemed like a dysfunctional family because um, I, I kind of, I don't know, I kind of picture this as like at the dinner table, um, you know, there's, you have your brother and your sister, and it's kind of just came to my mind right now, but like if we believe that Beth Moore is a Christian, which we I, I believe that she is, um, and I believe that John MacArthur is a Christian. I believe that he is. Um, you don't, like you said, not to keep reiterating what you're saying, but it's it's important to know that if they are our brothers and sisters, the way that we portray them to other people yeah. is vitally important, even if we disagree. And like, we'll go back to the whole Al Mohler topic. Um, Al Mohler was very, very charitable in his in his conversation about this and his on his podcast. Um, but this wasn't this. This was with the MacArthur uh, gathering. This was a just trying to based on our hermeneutics on our interpretation of the scriptures, um, trying to kind of pin down and using our theology as a superiority. Um, complex kind of a thing going on there is what it felt like. Mm -hmm. Um, It didn't feel like, hey, this is why we disagree with you and this is why this is wrong. It just, I can't say it enough. It was just a bad question. It was. It was just a bad question. Yep. 
So that's where I'm at on that. So okay, so let's let's not just sit here and like and and talk about why why it was bad. Let's talk about what what we what we are supposed to do. You know. Um, yeah. Well, I think I think bringing that up in in a a conversation that is not just trying to to pinpoint laser sniper someone. Um, I think even even you could. I mean, he. I'm not saying we can't ever talk and disagree with someone and mention their names, um, because Paul mentioned names. Paul named names mm-hmm. um, in his letters, and so I think that we can do that but again. But it has to be done in a a loving way if it, we're speaking about our brother and our sister. Um, well, let's see what the Bible says about it. Let's go to Galatians six one. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him, not not rebuke him, restore him. Yeah. In a spirit of gentleness, keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Hmm. I mean, we just saw this play out. Absolutely. That's crazy. The temptation to to think that, and I try not to read myself or read too much into the motives, but it seemed as if there was a superiority of you're wrong, this is why I'm better and I'm right. Um, and it, like you said, it'd be seen played out. Well, and two, I mean, like, there's there's a difference, like we just kind of started talking about, between correcting a Christian and correcting a non-Christian, because we're just talking about, you know, correcting error. Yeah. Um, I mean, for the Christian, it's an in-house debate, you know, it's an in-house conversation. It's mm-hmm. it's a it's a family matter. Yeah. Um, to, to quote Steve Urkel, and um, and and so I think that that's that's really helpful to think about Galatians six one because like, you know, whatever the case is, truth matters name of the conference, and so does love, and so does respect. Yeah. You know, and so the ultimate goal in correction always has to be restoration, and so both the message and the method matter. Mm-hmm. And and if you if you sacrifice one for the other, you're 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 having a losing uh, proposition here. And I think you know even too for like because like man, if there's if there's a lack of love shown for for correcting the brother or sister, how much more lacking of love is there going to be for the outsider? Yeah. And like, how much more are we just like making it very very um, frustrating uh, when it comes to actually showing love and and, and hope. Uh, through Christ, when when we just this is how we this is how we handle things, and so um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just uh, I was really sad, honestly. I was really sad. I, I I don't think anyone anyone benefited from that at all. I think it was just a really uh, it was a it was a poor decision. It was poor judgment. It was you know, everything around it was poor. Yeah. Uh, not even getting to. I mean, I I wouldn't even if I if I didn't if I was an outsider, I wouldn't I would want nothing to do with this whole situation yeah it's like man I, I can get treated like this in the world yeah you know if, one, if, if this is what how, how i'm gonna get treated in church too then then man i i'm gonna sleep in on sunday <laughs> you yeah. know no it, yeah so it's like buy xboxes with my with my tithe money i don't i, mean, I don't know <laughs> you're okay yeah uh, <laughs> I don't know. how many x okay anyways so yeah no, yeah no i don't know um, does that mean does that does that pretty much no i think that that's a I think that's very fair. And I, I, while we're talking about this, I don't want us to come across hypocritical for us, like dogging on, you know, the grace to you guys or dogging on the wretched guys. Um, so I want to be congruent in that, but at the same time, want to, even with them, we're all prone to do that. And there, this was this is not a new thing. The things with Lauren Daigle that some things that Lauren Daigle had said in the oh past that, yeah, you know, we're all. All of us are... We didn't just start overreacting. Yeah, yeah, this is not a new thing. All of us are prone 
to make not only judgment calls that are wrong, um, but we're also we're, we're sinners, you know. Mm-hmm. Yet, while, yes, while we've been justified, we're also still have the remnants of the old man living in us, and we're still going to make mistakes, and we're still going to sin. Yep. Um, and so we shouldn't be surprised by this, I don't think. No. Um, but at the same time, let's not glorify it. Let's let's call it what it is. Yeah. Um, and let's let's learn and grow. Exactly. So, I don't know. Anything else that you have? I don't, I that's, don't, that's what I think. Yeah. Um, but, um, so Jeff, let's talk about Sunday service. I would love to. Let's do that. Yeah. Um, so we were in John eleven seventeen through 44. It's true. Um, give us some context. What's happening? Well, I mean. What's the happy hap? So, you know, we, we covered 1 through 16 two weeks ago, and that was Jesus is, uh, he just escaped from from being stoned to death. He led a little bit of a, a vival, not a revival, because it's, you know. A vival? A vival. I don't know. It's like vival from American Tale. But, um, and, and then he found out his buddy was, was dying. It was a really great movie. And um, he actually learned how to play that theme song on the keyboard. But um, anyways, found out his buddy was dying, uh, ended up staying put instead of running to heal him. Uh, he said it was because of his love for, for, for Lazarus and for Mary and for Martha. Uh, it Which was we talked about the, last podcast. Yeah, it was for the benefit of uh, for the benefit of the, of the disciples, so that they may believe. Um, and the reason I bring that up again is because we got to see kind of the 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 other side of that, you know, with this with with what happened in this text, which was Jesus goes first. Martha comes to him and says, "If you had been here, Lazarus would be alive." You know, he's she she's very upset. Uh, goes to get Mary. Mary says the same thing. Then there's a bunch of uh, kind of the peanut gallery of the mourners who were like. Some of them are like, see how much he loves Lazarus? And the others were like, if he could heal blindness, why didn't he take care of this too? Yeah. You know, questioning his motives, questioning his his, his caring of and love for these people. Mm-hmm. And um, and then Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead and then tells them to take the death clothes off of him. He's wrapped up in, in linens and... And all that, and there, you know, he's been he's been in the in the grave for four days, so he smells and uh, KJV stinketh. Yeah, he stinketh, and so um, yeah, I mean that's that's essentially the, the the narrative that's going on there, and and Jesus tells tells Martha, I am the resurrection and the life, and he yep. tells he tells Mary, um, all right, let's do this. You know, I mean, he he shows some very strong emotions that we're going to talk about here, I think, um, and then he, and then he. You know the whole point of this whole thing back in verse four of John eleven was, you know, that God would be glorified and that the Son would be glorified through it. It's good stuff, man. Absolutely, it's, and it's one of the greatest—I mean, one of my favorite chapters I've ever preached. Yeah. Now, talk to me about those strong emotions. Um, so, there's a there's a famous line: uh, "Jesus wept." It's supposedly, the shortest verse of the Bible. Sure. Um, and Jesus wept at. The death, or so we think, maybe. Right. The death of Lazarus. Jeff. Or was that the Why reason? did Jesus weep? Yeah, so I made a point yesterday, um, and this is something that I'm, I'm guilty of all the time, too, and I, I just really found, as I, I, try to, I try to do as much like language work as I can, um, just to kind of uncover some things that maybe we don't see because we're 21st century Westerners reading it in an English translation um, and, and not understanding the customs, the culture, the time, all that stuff, um, or the language for that matter. And, and, and I think it's interesting because, uh, and I'm flipping back through my notes here, 
um, in in uh, in in the middle kind of of the whole of the whole thing, uh, in the middle mid thirties of this thing here. It says uh, John tells us he was deeply moved in his spirit. Um, and if you use if you take that word and look where else it shows up, it shows up in uh, Matthew nine thirty as str- sternly warned. In uh, in Mark one forty three, sternly charged. In Mark fourteen five, scolded. Okay, so nowhere else in the entire Bible where this word is used does it ever equate to compassion. Does it ever equate to, you know, like, um, in any sort of like positive, you know, uh, comforting emotion? Okay, so it was deeply moved in his spirit, um, and we just think, oh, he was so moved by the by the sorrow of the situation. He was so moved by seeing Mary in tears. Like, no, that's not, if we're looking at it honestly, that's not what it means. Yeah. Uh, greatly troubled. Um, it's the same word that was used in John uh, 5, 7 for stirring up or agitating the pool of Bethesda when he goes to the guy who's paralyzed for 38 years. Okay, so neither yeah. one of those have any sort of compassion attached to them. Hmm. And, and and so you have to look at it again, not not reading our own experience into it, because when we've gone to funerals, we've been deeply moved by an emotion to be compassionate and empathetic and sympathetic, you know, uh, greatly troubled. You know, he's just so sad about the, the the tragedy that's happened. I don't think that's true because I think that he waited two days in order to ensure that the tragedy did happen. So let's just be intellectually honest here. Yeah. You know, and so uh, yeah, I think I think that um, the emotions here. He's responding to a lack of understanding or belief or, you know, ascribing um, false motives, ascribing false, um, you know, actions, you know, that Jesus failed to do something, you know, like he healed blindness. What's the big deal? He must, he must not be as good as we think he is, or he must not Mm -hmm. be as loving as, you know, and, and and so I think that that was the, what, what he was responding to. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So talk to me some, some more hermeneutics here. Uh, So, what what are Does the? Does he play for the Yankees? Hermeneutics. Hermeneutics. Okay. I was gonna. Never mind. Boom. Uh, what's with you with the sports references lately? I'm so sportsy. He's just like sprinkling them in. That's just right. Like randomly. Sports so, ball. Yeah. Go sports. Anyways, what are the errors and uh, in, in danger in in reading the text solely from a 21st century modern day context? Reading our own experiences into things. Yeah. What are the errors and dangers potentially in doing that? So this is a great cross section for something like that. Like this is a, this is a wonderful case study in that. Yeah. Because you look at the whole purpose of this. The whole purpose that Jesus didn't heal Lazarus was so that it was because of his love for them, and it was so that he would be glorified, that the, that the Father would be glorified and glorify him, and that uh, the disciples would believe. Okay. And so if that's the if that's what Jesus himself said was the purpose of this. And then we start reading our own experiences, our own biases into how he's responding. When we see deeply moved, we just automatically assume that means, you know, he was just feeling so such strong compassion. And when we see that he was he was greatly troubled, you know, oh, he was just so beside himself with grief. Um, the problem with that is that's not that wasn't the purpose of him going there. The purpose of him going there was to be glorified. And so when there's people who have a uh, because of love. And if there's people there who have a very wrong understanding of him, it is loving for him to be troubled, for him to be agitated, because those are the things that stand in the way of a true and and, and complete understanding of who he is. And so when we read our own, I guess when when we don't take the time to actually look at what he's actually saying, we miss that. 
And so we just think that he's a nice guy who cried with his friends. And I think that that's true. And I think that yeah. there's way more to it than that. And I think that for me, my takeaway was like it is loving to, you know, to to see things that are not true, that are being portrayed about Christ. And, and it's not loving not to say anything. It's not loving not to do anything about it. You know, loving is and when you see error, um, you you address it, you know, you, in, in, a, in a loving way. But it's not wrong for us to be agitated when we see guys talking about our sister. You know, like we, when we see p- things going on that, that do not um, portray in an accurate and helpful way uh, our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and so um, that's why I think it's important that we don't read our, our – because we just miss it. Like we would have totally – I would have totally missed that had I not gone back and looked at the original language. Yeah. So I yeah. don't know. I think there's just – there's so much. You know, the Gospel of John is – it's shallow enough that a baby won't, you know, a child won't drown swimming in it, but it's deep enough that an elephant can swim too. And that's part of those, you know, there's these little deep points here that I just love. It's so much fun. I mean, it takes me a year and a half longer to write a sermon when I do these <laughs> things, but man, I'll tell you, it's worth it. Yeah. And really right. We can see frustration kind of done rightly here. Yeah. Um, not Jesus berating. Exactly. Um, but he didn't say, Hey, moron. Yeah. He's like, all right, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And then you're going to yeah. understand. Yeah. And so that's a really cool picture, especially in our previous conversation in this podcast, that um, it is, it's, it's vitally important to, to have the proper Christ-like attitude um, when it comes to these frustrations. Um, and I think, obviously, Jesus is Jesus, and so he does this perfectly. He really does. Um, Better than anyone else. We, yeah. But we, <laughs> need to, we need to follow his example. Yeah. Um, so... So we know that you know that all miracles are used um, to point us to belief. Sure. Um, how is how is Lazarus rising from the dead paralleled, or is it paralleled in our own salvation? Um, how does it how does that point us to believe? Mm-hmm. So this is my opinion. You know, I mean, this is what I what I see when I read it, when I study it. Um, but I look at I look at First Thessalonians four, where you know Paul is telling the Thessalonians who are like eschatology nerds, and they're fighting over how it's going to happen. And I've always loved. I heard one one pastor say, "We're not on the planning committee; we're on the welcoming committee," and I love that. Um, but you know what we do know um, is is that you know Jesus, you know Paul says that you know Jesus is going to come come back with a cry of command. With the trumpet of God, which I've always just wondered what the trumpet of God looks like. Terrifying. It's got to be an amazing trumpet. And, um, you know, and, and looking at, you know, when he called out with a loud voice, John tells us, Lazarus, come out. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's 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 an amazing um, illustration. I mean, when you, because you got to read the Bible all together. You know, mm-hmm. you don't just, you don't just, you know. Uh, Pick and choose. Yeah. Piecemeal it. That too. And, um yeah, and so and so when when we look at this, um, I mean, it's 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 a it's a picture of how we were saved, and it's a picture also of the of of what's going to happen at the second coming, mm. because we were dead in our sins and transgressions, and 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 then we came out of the grave because Jesus Jesus called us, yeah. you know, not not to not to get all Romans eight on you, but you know those whom he foreknew, he also you know called and all that stuff, and so um, yeah, I, I I that's that's what I see here is like a it's a very and this and keep in mind this hasn't happened yet. And so this is all brand new to these guys. So when we when he says it's so that you may believe, mm. you better believe they were believing at this point, you know? I mean, that's 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 just incredible to me. Um to even look at that. Like if we look at this from their vantage point, 
instead of ours. You know, that we're it's in hindsight for us, and and we already know how everything's going to happen. But man, this would have been just mind blowing. Obviously, I mean, it is to me, and I, I can't even imagine what it would be like for these people who had never seen this before. You know, and who who did not understand kind of the end of the story yet. Um, but yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's amazing to me uh, that that there's so much going on here that when Mary and Martha and the, and the, and the peanut gallery mourner guys were all like questioning why he didn't show up. It's like, now, you know, you know, I, I told the story of the, of the, the little boy on the plane and his dad just kept saying, he was freaking out before when we were taxiing to get to the runway to actually take off and the, the engines are making their noise and everything. And he's just like losing it. And his dad's like, just wait, just wait. It seems scary right now. Yeah. And then the minute we get up, you know, we get up to like, uh, we're, we're kind of, we, we went up and then we started banking off to one side to, we were flying out of Vancouver. And then all of a sudden this kid's forehead looked like it was stuck to the window with super glue. Dad, look at that. Dad, look, oh my gosh, this is amazing. He's just losing it again in a good way. Yeah. And it's just like, sometimes I think that that's what's going on when, when there's suffering, when there's, you know, when there's grief, when there's pain and, and and we we have a choice to either you know abide in Christ or abandon Christ. Yeah. And and, and so um, it's the same thing. You said thing. something in your in your sermon. Um, it was along the lines of pray, don't panic. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really helpful. Um, I totally stole that from someone. I'm sure. Just just I'm, putting it out there. <laughs> I was giving you that's the benefit way, of the doubt. Well, that's way too clever for me to have come up with it. But yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, no that that was very very helpful to just kind of put it just super simple. Super, super simple terms. Pray, don't panic. Well, because the, a lot of times we think we either panic or, or we sit there quietly. And it's like, that's never the, you know, there's never just those two choices of like either panic or just be like stoic. You know, it's like, no, you, you panic all you want, but you do it through prayer and go into someone who actually do something about it or who can yeah. remind you that things are a lot, you know, there's a lot more going on than what we can see in that moment. Yeah. Well, it's really easy to say it. It's really hard to do it. It's in, <laughs> that's yeah. It's like now I've got it all figured out, guys. This is what you should do. Okay, great. Like yeah. like I've got it all figured out because I don't. But no, but I think being reminded of that um, when kind of the, the the storms of life are the the waves are la- coming over the boat and over the bow of of our ship, if you will. Um, well, and you just reminded me. I think it was Spurgeon who said, uh, "I've I've learned to kiss the waves that throw me against the rock. rock of ages." Yeah, yep. amazing, man. Yeah. That I should have I should have quoted that in my sermon should've. yesterday. Oh well. Well, would have should have cut it right. That's right. Right. Well, this has been the Last City Church podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Only one more podcast left before the season finale. You don't want to miss it. We got something kind of special planned, right, Jeff? It's true. Perfect. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, like us on social media, share this podcast, and hopefully you have a great week. Bye. And be, and be nice to your fellow Christians. Yes, do that. Peace out. You've been listening to the Glass City Church Podcast. For more content or more information about Glass City Church, visit our website at www.glasscitychurch.org.